and welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees. We got Big Merce in the house, we have uh, Mercedes in the house, and we have Odie in the house. Uh, Odie, go ahead and get us started today. I appreciate you uh, pausing before you uh, decided <laughs> not to say Big uh, Big Mercedes or Big Odie. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know I wouldn't. You know I wouldn't do that to y'all. <laughs> but I am going to um, actually defer to Mercedes first, just because uh, before we got started, we were kind of in the middle of a conversation, um, mainly because this this came up, like, even after I went to sleep. Um, yeah. I started seeing these updates, and we were just talking about the uh, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B confrontation. Definitely wanted to get, it's definitely a hot discussion, a hot topic discussion, and it's kind of coming up fresh, so let's go. Yes. All right, so I woke up to, actually, it was, it was last night, like, late last night when I saw it, but they were trending on Twitter on Instagram, like all over the place, all over Facebook. So apparently at some point, um, Nikki stated, made some, okay, first of all, it's, there's been like this um, unaddressed beef between Nikki and Cardi for quite some time. Like, I will say I feel like the medium, the medium hype, yeah, the media hyped the, te- the tension a lot. So last night there was this fashion gathering. I can't remember the name of it right now while I'm driving, but um, – Nikki and not Nikki, but Cardi confronted Nikki about something that was said about her child and her abilities as a mother. Cardi wasn't having it. So when she confronted her, from what it looked like in the video, Cardi hit first, but you can't really tell. Either way, Cardi did walk away with a knot on her face, but I feel like as a woman in general, when it comes down to, you know, respect, you don't talk about somebody's, how they parent and also their children. So Cardi made a post, which I'll put it in our group a little bit later on, about, like, you know, you can say whatever you want to say about me. You can do whatever you want to do towards me. But when you when it comes down to my child, all bets are off. Now, this is where I feel like, you know, uh, how can I put it? Black women in the entertainment business, in the eye of the media at all times, you know, the media feed, they feed off anything that has to do with black negativity. For them to fight at such an event, I feel like it was classless. It was tasteless, in my opinion. But I could be, you know, wrong. However, I would have had to catch Nikki ass out in the street. This, be, this isn't even just, like, any event where it's, like, um, you know, bottle night at the club or whatever. Like, this wasn't one of those types of appearances where you'd almost expect something like that or not be a surprise if something like that went down. This is New York Fashion Week. This is a New York Fashion yeah. Week event. So there's yeah. people from all professions. You got... Um, fashion designers, makeup artists, hairstylists, um, Roberto Cavalli, yeah, you, everybody. Like, this is from everybody, so it's not just like oh, just like a whole bunch of niggas getting together. Like this is New York Fashion Week, <laughs> so yeah, it's um, not the BET Awards. <laughs> yeah, so they, these the people party. are dressed up in in beautiful da- gowns and you know wardrobes. I understand. Um, Cardi has, you know, been unable for a long time to confront anybody who's given her a problem during the course of her pregnancy because, does she's pregnant. So a pregnant person isn't, even though Cardi was seen out at the club, but even though she was outgoing, she obviously couldn't confront anybody because she was pregnant. Like, pregnant people generally do not want. Right. So, uh, yeah, this I, I, I am disappointed in Cardi because... 
I feel like Nikki has been digging her own grave for a long time. And just let her continue to dig her grave. Like, she'll continue to bring box every once in a while, but she has become very dislikable. Um, yeah. Very unlikable in, in recent history since this album has come out. The whining about not being on top um, compared to Travis Scott, whose album is fire, by the way. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed this album, uh, the actual yeah, album. But she was basically saying that he didn't get to number one legitimately because he was selling bundles. Um, and <laughs> at first when I heard bundles, I was like, wait, you get free hair? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you get weed, you get bundles with your purchase? But no, it's not those types of bundles. It's like you buy a T-shirt and you get the album. So you're buying merch instead of buying the album. But getting where you fit in, I think that's a great marketing strategy. Nikki herself has been known to do this. She wasn't in the problem when it was her. Um, And funny enough, uh, recently, Meek Mill has announced that he'll be doing an album, and it will also be a bundle deal where you get. I mean, a lot of a lot of artists do the um, you know, merch counts as a record sale. He's yeah. not the first one. Doesn't it's, not, it's, doesn't, doesn't Taylor Swift do some shit like that too? They a lot do. of artists do, including Nicki, the part the person with the problem. So. Her album has been number two. It just went gold. It's been out like maybe two weeks. I think right. it would have. Mm-hmm. I think it would have gotten to that status a lot faster if she wasn't so nasty. Yes, she's a nasty person. She's not um, a role model for young women either, in my opinion. I like Cardi more because Cardi is like outgoing and she's eccentric. Where she really don't say nothing unless you unless you really fuck with her. Okay. She won't. She don't. Yeah. She Nikki just like she's better than everybody. Somebody posted a video. Do y'all remember that stupid ass video she made when she was boarding the plane to Prague? Something half of you bitches can't spell Prague. First yeah. of all, who are you bitches that you're addressing? Because if it's your fans, you automatically made yourself seem like you're better than them. Yep. Because what other bitches fuck with you? What other bitches will watch your stuff? Which ones care? So who do you put down? Exactly. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not fucking with you right now. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, do, I did see the not, though, um, on Cardi's head. I'm sure that that was done by security. I don't... I think Nikki's been out of Queens for a long time, so she probably doesn't really remember how to fight. Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got people. So, uh, Cardi just left two years ago. <laughs> yeah, Cardi just came up. So let's, let's be clear about that. Um, I just think, I just think they should do better. Um, I'm disappointed in Cardi, but I hope she feels better, and maybe this will be the end of it. So the next time she sees her, because they were at at the Met Gala earlier this year, but again, Cardi was pregnant at the time. So I'm sure, you know, she really had no choice but to be cordial. Um, actually, come to think of it, okay. They talked to each other at the Met Gala, and people made yeah. a thing about it, and it was like, it looked like they're confronting each other, but it was like a silence thing because Cardi again was pregnant. Also, last night, Nikki kept posting to social media like nothing happened. So this is, okay, this is a this was what Cardi said. So, like you mentioned earlier, Mercedes, she was trending. They were both trending on Twitter last night. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it right I now. I saw this post 
before I went to bed, but I was like, man, this is too much to read. I'll figure out what happened in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But um, it said, I've, I've let a lot... I've let a lot of shit slide. I let you sneak diss me. I let you lie on me. I let you attempt to stop my bag, fuck up the way I eat. You threaten other artists in the industry, told them if they work with me, you'll stop fucking with them. I let you talk big shit about me. I addressed you once in person. I addressed you a second time in person. And every time you cop the plea, uh, completely believable. But when you mention my child, you choose to like comments about me as a mother make comments about my ability to take care of my daughter is when all bets are fucking off. I've worked hard. I've worked too hard and come too far to let anybody fuck with my success. Bitches talk all that shit in their raps, but in real life they pussy. This shit, is, this shit really is for entertainment. I just, I feel yeah. like Tony should not give a fuck what Nikki thinks. If, like, at the end of the day, she's going to... You can't argue with yourself. If you are truly unbothered by what someone, I think Nikki is a troll, um, mm-hmm. and she's the type of person who gets off on reactions. So if you don't give her a reaction, she'll go the fuck away and pick another target. So yes. I, I really wish that Cardi wouldn't have succumbed to this, um, but it's like, damn, but like, if you had, then... You should have just looked her ass one good time. And then, not for any of us to see. Like, you know, yeah, do some love to talk to have the producers let you show up at the same place at the same time. No cameras. Like, come with an olive branch and then just whoop her ass. Do some love hip hop shit. No, you know, you know what you do? Just let them actually fight. I mean, set it up like in a ring and just let them just go at it, you know? Because, you know, it's funny, I, I saw a, a, a meme, a video meme of two dogs on, a, on the other side of a, a glass door, and they're just barking at each other, going at it, like, Arr! and then somebody opens the door, and both dogs immediately start barking, and they're just like, huh, huh, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I get what you're saying, but I, I think, I wonder if Cardi B just said, you know what, fuck this bullshit, I challenge you to an actual fight, let's just fight this out. I wonder if Nikki would accept. No, and I'm going to tell you why. You remember, um, did you guys watch She's Gotta Have It on Netflix last year, the series? No, no. Okay, well, this is going to be a spoiler alert. I'm sorry, but you've had a whole year to watch. But <laughs> Go for was, it. There was a scene where this, uh, this woman who was a, a dancer, she was a dancer, and she decided to get butt implants. Or not butt implants. She got butt shot. Um, and so her butt was, like, huge. And, you know, she got out there the first night. She was ready to go. The performance was going really, really well. Um, everybody was throwing the money at her. She was, like, she was doing great. And then at the very end, this bitch fell. And when she fell, it exploded everywhere. Like, it was so gross. And that's what I pictured Nicki Minaj's implants doing, like, doing, <laughs> like, everything just popping out, like, just busting and exploding like that. Right. No, Nicki Minaj will not accept that challenge, and that is exactly why. Because she probably watched She's Gotta Have It and knows <laughs> that that's what will happen to her body now. She may take him out, maybe just for this fight, but uh, she ain't going to fight nobody. Yeah. And, and my, my thing is this. 
as far as I know, I know Nikki didn't challenge anybody to a fight, but when you say stuff like that about people, especially about their kids, you better be ready for it. Like, don't just think you could just say that and be like, well, freedom of speech. No, it doesn't work that way. If you say certain things, you better be ready to uh, better be ready to just defend yourself. Because if you if you're purposely trying to push buttons, everybody's not going to be like, well, I'm going to go home and write a battle rap. No, somebody going to try and find you in the street, and they're going to want to, you know, they're going to want to settle it hand to hand, and you better be ready for that. So, and, and I agree with you. I don't think Nikki's ready for that. I think Nikki's too. She's too uh, champagne and caviar for all that shit now. You know, she's not, she's not the girl from Queens no more. Nope. nope. So she better stop. And you know what? I mean, I don't like Nicki Minaj. I don't like her music, you know, but she, but I'm looking at her discography. She, she sells records kind of. I mean, you figure Pink Friday went triple platinum. This is just U.S. Her last two albums went double platinum. This one just came out last month. Well, yeah, well, last month. And it's, uh, it's gold. Right, so so figure it like this. If let her just stick to stick to making pop songs, people like her pop songs, like Starships and all that other goofy garbage. Right. Let her just keep on making that and save all that Queen bitch shit for Lil Kim, because Lil Kim was better at it, you know. So she needs to just stay in her lane, because you know what if. What if security was a step too slow and Cardi B got her hands on her? <laughs> what what would happen in her career then? You know? So But I mean I, I I'm not a Cardi B fan musically, but I don't dislike Cardi B. Like I heard a couple of her songs when I was researching it for the for my little uh my little section being an old man. Oh, you kids in your music section, but um her music wasn't bad. <laughs> It wasn't bad at all, you know. But Nicki Minaj is is near. I don't want to say unlistenable. Maybe I'm. Maybe I still have a stupid hell rigging in my head. Hype Williams need to get his ass beat for for that beat. That beat is so annoying. But um, yeah, she needs you to stay in her lane. She's she's not she's not about yeah. that life. Agree. So enough of that negative energy. Um, <laughs> before we, uh, before all of that went down during our sleep uh, last night, one of the oddest things to come across my timeline was this music video. Which my name is called. I don't even. I love it or some shit. I don't mean to laugh, but I, I just saw today. Go, go on. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's all that little bit. Now, in case you missed this bit of tea, Kanye West has has been very odd for a long time, but recently things have gotten even stranger as he's partnered with Pornhub to host the Pornhub Awards or curate in some way, like the Pornhub Awards. And everyone knows what Pornhub is. But um, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of foreign bitch dropped in this particular song with Lil Punk. First of all, Lil Punk, just to paint the picture for you, he looks like a much more toned-down version of 
Takashi Six Nine. Yep. That's, that's a very accurate description. They look very much alike, like the hair, but maybe his isn't as colorful um, or as colorful at all, really. He doesn't wear the colorful teeth. He doesn't have nearly as many tattoos. Um, but this looks like maybe Takashi 69, like five years ago, maybe, before he started getting all the tattoos and looking extra, extra crazy. So they're in this video. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. But... Um, Adele Givens, the comedian, is also featured in the song, and they're using a bit where she's talking about how women ain't afraid to tell men anymore that they want to come. Like, if he's not coming correct, then, like, fuck him, whatever. You need to come, like, get yours, girl, kind of shit. <clears throat> so she's walking. She's a giant in the video, which is super odd. Kanye and Little Pump are small. They appear to be wearing cardboard boxes, like kind of like shoulder pads from the 80s, but like really, really exaggerated. They're wearing some of those slippers that Kanye wore to, the infamous slippers that he wore to, to somebody's wedding a few weeks back. It wasn't, um, it wasn't Pussy T's wedding. It was somebody else's wedding. I think it was Two Chains' wedding. Somebody's wedding a few weeks back. He wore these like, new slippers of his, but they weren't fitting quite right. They were kind of too small. Um, not even kind of too small. They were about a half size too small. So he appears to be in these, but they're much, much bigger um, to kind of go with the overall theme of the video. But almost oddly enough, he has a chain on, and the chain says Donda. And Donda is his mom. I thought this was odd as hell to wear a chain with your mom's name on it in this particular video. The right. video that's going to go along with the Pornhub situation and go, like, kind of be their theme song or whatever the fuck. Um, and then you have these naked women that are in, like, pantyhose on the left. It's so fucking odd. I don't know how to describe this video. Yeah, I but it's weird, but I like true. it. I like the song. I could have done without seeing this ever in life. I, I, I will say, I, I feel like Kanye kind of pushes up the envelope of unique and different. And I feel like no matter how weird his shit is, no matter how unexplainable it is, I give him props because, and maybe I like Kanye for a lot of other reasons, even and so many other reasons, but he just does different shit. Like, I, you get tired of seeing the same nigga sitting on cars, throwing money at bitches rapping. I get tired of that shit. So I just feel like he did something different. That was not in my opinion. Well, uh, I, I'm going to be the uh, on the far left on this one because I thought the song was garbage, and I, I don't like Lil Pump to begin with. So I figured, okay, he, maybe he might do a 2 chains on me and be like, well, I don't like his solo stuff, but when, he, when he's on other people's jams, like, like when he was on De La Soul's track, he's actually pretty good. I'm like, okay, I kind of like this. Or even, even when Lil Wayne, when he was on uh, Eminem's song, and I was like, all right, right. you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't terrible on this song. No, it, it's still typical. It, it, it's kind of like, all right, you figure if you rhyme, like if I was a rapper, right, and I was rhyming with somebody like LP from Company Flow, if I was rhyming with Cool G Rap, or if I was rhyming with um, Ghostface or something like that, right, you figure you got, you got guys with high energy, you know, high talent. You want to make sure you match that talent. But it was just typical little punk garbage like I, I didn't really 
you know, and the beat was kind of low key and the whole, and now I understand what the whole Pornhub thing. Now I understand why that song was the way it was, you know, but, but even then uh, I read an article it was years ago in the source magazine when the source was an actual magazine about, they were talking to some porn stars and they were saying like some of the names of some of these, uh, back when they used to sell videos in boxes, <laughs> And they were saying that they didn't know, a lot of times, they don't know what the name of the, the movie's going to be when they're filming it. They just film scenes, and then they just put them in movies. And one of them, I think her name was India, she was complaining that one of the movies that she ended up, quote-unquote, being in was called Black Street Hookers. And she was like, I would never have signed on to do a movie called Black Street Hookers. You know? Mm-hmm. So, so the whole thing with Kanye's song and that whole, I mean, I understand it's porn. And porn is, you know, it's expressive. I mean, that's me being liberal about it. But it doesn't have to be degrading, I don't think. And that song was just basically, what was it, what was it called? Like, you a hoe, you a uh, fucking hoe and I like it or some shit like that. I'm just like, yeah. that's, that's horribly, un- maybe I'm just getting old. But that's horribly unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You like, you like your porn pure. I get it. No, I, I, I like my porn as porn, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not the, the, the fetish guy or anything like that. I just like to see, you know, a guy and a woman or two girls get together and just have fun. I'm not into all this whole, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do her and put my foot on her head or some shit like that. Like, I'm not into all that crazy stuff. So a little off topic, but still on topic. Uh, I don't know if, I, if I've ever told you guys, but just so you know, I have an ex, and this dude's fetish was snoring. That was his shit. Like, and he was in a group and found other people who liked to do that, like watch videos of people snoring. They would record their, like, significant others. Sometimes they would record their parents snoring and then post it in the group to share with other people. I mean, wow. did he like it as a fetish or like, what is it, AMSR, ASMR, that crap, whatever it is? How did he I like it? I don't know what the hell AMSR is, but I know that he, that's what he liked. It's don't. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay, well, it's where people like to hear certain sounds, and it, it soothes them. It's not that they get off to it. No, 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 no. it was sexual. It was sexual. Oh, never mind. Sure. What the fuck? Why would you record your parents snoring? Okay, you just threw me off, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> they, no, they recorded their parents snoring to share with other people in the group. So it's the, so they themselves wouldn't get off. They would, like, share it with anybody else who wanted to get off. But to me, that whole concept is weird. Uh, I mean, if it's something that you get up on sexually and you're taping your – that would be like me, hey uh, – I'll, I'll give you pictures of my niece in her underwear if you give me pictures of your niece agree. in her underwear. Agree. You know, that's that's kind of crazy as fuck to me. Like, yes, agree. It's fucking weird. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> and, and, and jumping back a bit, you know, because I, I was thinking about it, like when you first, when I first saw the, uh, when you posted the, uh, the video in, uh, in our group chat, right? And I was thinking, I was trying to be positive about the whole Bill Pump, uh, Kanye West thing, because, all right, we need a bridge between the old school and the new school. And even, if I don't, and even if I don't like the song, I could still say, okay, they made a good effort with it. But the song was just, it was just garbage. Because I figured, you remember the whole thing with um, Rich Homie Kwan 
and uh, the incident where they were doing the uh, the Biggie tribute, and he forgot the words. Oh, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I was like, that was a chance to kind of bridge the gap because you would, I mean, and I get some of the artists, I got like even somebody like uh, Charlemagne, and even like, even though he was ragged on, uh, was it Kodak Black? Mm-hmm. Um, even though he was ragging on him hard to say he sounded like like a lawnmower when he talks, so with the whole, you know, that whole goofy, the ultra southern thing he does. Um, at the same time, he does say that he enjoys his music. You know, he keeps it real. I guess you know. So I I I see more and more of people from my generation. They may hate uh, little Uzi Vert and and little. Uh, you know, and some of these other guys, but they may like Machine Gun Kelly, or they may like um, some of these other guys, or or ex. I I kept calling ex Tentacon. It's ex Tentacion. Yeah, <laughs> I heard I heard somebody say it, and I was like, now I feel bad for mispronouncing his name so horribly. Yeah, yeah. you know, right. And, even, <laughs> and people getting the stuff like that, and I'm like, you know, maybe I'm just being too harsh on it. And then I heard this song today, and I was just like, no, I'm 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 pretty much spot on. It's definitely, I do feel like this is like, like Kanye is almost trolling us. Like, I wonder how much of him legitimately believes that this is great material and that we just don't appreciate it versus I'm going to just do some outrageous shit and then see if they like it, see if they see the art in it. Um, I think he's somewhere. No, I think, I think, I don't 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 know know in the middle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, whatever. We'll see how this one does over the next week. Um, it probably would have been trending more if the Cardi and Nikki shit didn't happen. But, right. Uh, it might just get dropped off into obscurity as one of those blips that just kind of happens sometimes. Um, speaking, we'll speaking of Machine Gun Kelly, um, I have to go back and look, but I think, aren't him and Eminem beefing right now? Yeah. And, and, and I will say this, Machine Gun Kelly's track his Eminem diss track was all right. It was, you know, yeah, it was, you know. Yeah, I mean, response already. No, I didn't. I didn't know the Eminem responded. He did like the same night, I think. Like oh. early second. Yeah, um, they said Eminem bodied him, but I couldn't find it anywhere. They were putting up like a uh, uh, burial service, like in, in memory of Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> all over Facebook. Put it like this, <laughs> Eminem started out as a battle rapper. Like, I, I'm going way back in the days here, but when they had the whole big thing, I mean, you may have heard it in your, in your rap history books about Kumo D versus Busy B, right? And Karis one was talking about it, and he was saying that Busy B is a party rapper. So his whole thing is he gets on the mic and is, you know, ball with the ball and, then, you know, gets the crowd jumping, and that's how he does his thing. Kumo D, in his day, was a battle rapper. That's how he started when he was with Treacherous 3 and all that other stuff. They just go after rappers. So it was pretty much a mismatch to have Busy B versus Kumo D. And, and here's the cool part. They're still friends to this day. You know, like, it's funny, the club that, where, where, they, where that whole thing happened is a supermarket now. <laughs> but they go out and, and, they, and they get together every year on the anniversary of that. They call it the sneak attack because he came on at the last minute because he was, he was the MC of the night. And um, but he was hosting it, and then he just came on and just did his battle rap and just destroyed Busy B. But back in those days, that that was fun, you know. Nobody took it seriously, you know. 
If I remember correctly, the whole machine gun Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong, because I hadn't really been keeping up with this whole beef. Wasn't it because Machine Gun Kelly made a, 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 a sexualized comment about Eminem's daughter while she was only 16? Uh, no, I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that. Like, no. I thought it was something about his mom. Maybe it was both. Nah, I refuse to believe. Like, as much as <laughs> mama, I refuse to believe that. I, I, I will say this about Eminem. I, I, I think the last song I heard when he talked about his mom he was kind of softening his stance. I think she might be sick, you know. So I, I, he kind of softened his stance a little bit because I remember, like, he, he would go in hard on his mom. And I think the last track I heard when he talked about his mom, he was kind of softening his stance a little bit. And I think she might be, you know, getting up there in the years and, you know, stuff like that. A little bit of reflection, you know. Other rappers don't do that. They don't talk about their family that deep like that. But, I mean, the Machine Gun Kelly Eminem thing, I, I kind of like it, you know. It's kind of, so long as it stays on wax, yeah, I'm, perfectly, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with it. Uh, no, it definitely, um, I just looked it up real quick. It definitely had to do with Haley, or Haley. So that's what it was. She was 16 at the time, and uh, he was like, I just saw a picture of Eminem's daughter. I have to say, she's hot as fuck. <laughs> in the most respectful way possible because Eminem is king. So, yeah. You know, I, I will tell you this. My friend, his daughter is 16. You know, she just turned 16 a couple months ago. And she is an attractive young woman, but I'll never come out my face and say it. And I was talking with a friend of mine, and he was saying, like, you know, he was saying, like, you know, she's a lovely young woman, right? And I was kind of like, I want to say yeah. <laughs> but... You don't want to make. You don't want. I mean, it's not like I I lust after her, because I mean, I'm just stating the facts. She's an attractive young woman, but you don't want to make things weird because people are so defensive of their daughters. You don't ever want to make anything weird like that, you know? Because I mean, I'm no pedophile, but at the same time, it's like you don't ever want to cross that line, you know? And Machine Gun Kelly crossed the line. You know, you can't just. I can't just walk up to my friend and be like, "Oh, your daughter's hot as fuck." But I mean, there's respect because we're friends. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, a, lot, a lot of my friends have daughters, and, you know. I've seen some friends who have, like, college-age sons, um, which, in, I mean, seriously, like, in real life, that's way too young for me. Um, but I'm like, whew, yeah, that's a handsome young man. <laughs> but right. I would imagine the only appropriate way is just to be like, <laughs> just to say, you know, your child, in, in a female's case, your child is beautiful because that could apply to inside, that could apply to outside. Like, just, or just don't say shit. If you're not really sure, then don't say anything. Yeah. But I would just stick with, um, oh, wow, like, your daughter is growing up to be so beautiful. And as far as, like, the sons are concerned, handsome young man. That's it. Those are, like, right. the only two things I could think of that will make it a lot less awkward or won't make it weird. I mean, my, my, my niece is an attractive young lady, and it's, and it's kind of weird now because I remember her. She's one of my, the few nieces that I got to uh, watch her grow up, you know, my, uh, my younger sister's kids. So I got to, I get to, to watch her grow up, and now I'm like, now she's like 26 years old and she's got two kids, you know, and it's weird because she was a little girl who I had a blind date and it went horribly and I took my blind date's Lion King doll back to give to her because she was watching it three times a day. 
Yeah. And it's weird when they make that transition between, oh, you know, um, the little girl who, who could barely fit in her stroller to mm-hmm. now she now she's getting ready to graduate high school and go mm-hmm. off to college. You yep, know. yep. But yep, fathers get defensive, and, and Machine Gun Kelly should have known better. Because they always they should have as a little kid. All right, so, last but not least, one of the stories that recently come across my timeline, and across all actual news, Alex, because this is actually real news that happened. In Texas, this, this guy got shot, black man, just to be clear, um, got shot in his own apartment by a police officer. And the story goes something like, uh, she was getting off work, gone into the wrong apartment, was confused about why the hell somebody was in her place, and shot and killed him. Police officer is a white woman. The police chief uh, in Texas is a black woman. She had a press statement and basically said, like, we're not going to treat this like a regular internal investigation. Um and the charge is now going to be manslaughter. As soon as I heard the story, I was like, hmm, this, like, the cause was like going into the wrong apartment, so it was crazy as hell. And I was like, I wonder if she had some sort of history with this guy. Right. And then sure enough, pictures, a, a picture circulated with them in the photo. So, now, I I just wouldn't be surprised if we were to learn that they knew each other in some capacity and that she maybe even, like, I don't know, she just didn't, like, maybe they dated and warned her, she was sworn or whatever. And that's, like, her cover-up is to be like, okay, I'm about to kill his ass and get away with it. Had you been following the story, Luke? Had you seen any stuff like that? No, the last I heard, the last I heard is when, uh, the last update I got was about 11 o'clock last night before I went to bed, and they were talking about they were going to charge you with, uh, with manslaughter, you know, at least in, in, as far as the investigation goes, they were going to go for manslaughter. That's the last I had heard, and I figured something like that was going to come out where they actually knew each other because they're neighbors, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know all my neighbors on site, but I live in an apartment complex, and, you know, I work from home, so I don't really go out like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But for a cop, you would figure a cop would be more observant and know their neighbors a bit more. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 when, when I saw that story, I was like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life, you know. I'll tell you a quick story. I almost punched an 11-year-old girl in her face. I'm going to back up. Okay. I, was at my, I was in my apartment, and... I left the door open by accident because I, I brought in a bunch of groceries. And the little girl from next door came in my apartment because she thought it was her apartment. So I don't know who it is because it's that long hallway. And I'm in my shorts because it's summertime and it's hot as hell. So I come around the corner with, with my fist cocked, thinking, like, who the hell run my house like this? And it's a little girl. So I had to jump back behind the, the thing because I'm just in my shorts. And I'm just like, oh, you're in, you're in the wrong apartment, you know. But I had that wherewithal to just say, look, don't just come out swinging. Look who it is first, 
And I'm not a cop. I'm not trained to use a firearm. I mean, I didn't have one. I just had my fist. But you would figure a cop, if, if that story was true, which I'm pretty sure it's not, but if that story was true, you would think they would have the whole wherewithal to just, you know, see who it is before you shoot them, you know. And I'm, I'm thinking that uh, I agree with you. I, I think that they knew each other. And I think she probably just tried to kill him and get away with it, you know, because maybe it's not, they got... It's not, it's, not a, it's not a thought. They used to date each other. That oh, came they... out. Um, yeah, I, I was reading a news article from CNN on Apple News this morning, and oh. um, I have to post it in our group. But, yeah, it was found that they used to, um, they had a relationship. Oh, Even then, if it was casual, they had a relationship. Then it, it's murder, plain and simple. Because then that story doesn't make any sense. Her, her whole entire story makes zero sense now. The neighbor, the neighbor said that, that he had like he a had big like white red carpet, like, you know, like a welcome mat or whatever outside his apartment. So not only would you know, like, right as soon as you get to the damn door, like, oh, shit, like, who's running this? But right. <laughs> even when you get in, like, when you put your keys down, like, you didn't notice the shit that you had to put your keys down on is not there or... It's definitely fishy as hell. She killed this white man unprovoked. This dude was minding his fucking business. She probably knew that he kept the door unlocked. And that was it. Yeah. I mean, knowing that, it, it's now... Because like I said, the last article I read was about 11 o'clock last night where they just said that um, they were going to f- pursue manslaughter charges. But if they knew each other... And I, I figured that was going to come out. Oh, yeah, it's murder. Forget manslaughter. They'll yeah, up they'll it when they What is that, first degree? Now, I don't know what, what degree manslaughter it was. They just said, in the article I read, they just said manslaughter because it, it was still developing. Because all, all they said, they were going to pursue manslaughter charges. But, oh, yeah, it's definitely murder. Because, of course, what do we need for murder? Premeditation. They used to date. <laughs> so there, there is no, you can't do, oh, mistaken identity if you were involved with that person in a relationship. That doesn't make any sense. Right, 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 right. Now, in the article I read, they, they, they were going to take, uh, not mean to cut you off, Mercedes, they were going to take blood, uh, blood samples, a test for alcohol and stuff like that. Oh, they could just cancel that test. <laughs> they don't need it anymore because it's murder. Right. Unless, unless she was intoxicated and because she was familiar with his apartment and her intoxicated mind, she roamed to his apartment. But still, even with that, being a trained officer, you know when to shoot and when not to shoot. I feel like it was murder as well. I feel like it was probably premeditated. Somewhere it's going to come out that maybe they got into it, they broke up, and things weren't right, and she was mad. And she does what white women do, plays the victim and tries to find a way out of it. Yeah. You know, I just got done watching the whole video. Like, right before we um, started the show, I was watching this video that had been circulating in my timeline, but I just never took the time to watch mainly because I don't like to watch, like, videos where I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I don't like to be shocked and stressed the whole time while I'm watching it. Right. And so I waited, you know, till I had more information about what the outcome was going to be. And basically it was this pregnant woman being accosted by this white man, and she's trying to get into her car. And this black man came to her defense and kept telling the man to back the hell up. And, and um, he, he pulled his gun out, to, like, not, not to actually shoot, shoot him, him, but to, like, persuade him to stand the fuck down. And the white man wouldn't. 
And um, this man had a whole opportunity to shoot him, and he never did. The fact that that man shows more restraint than a police officer who was paid to carry that weapon is so crazy to me, and they're going to keep doing this dumb shit until there's some sort of penalty, some sort of justice. Well, yeah. now, here, now here, here would be the good thing. Speaking of speaking of justice, Odie, here would be yeah, the good yeah. thing for the for the cops, right? Because I know in one of the statements they said they were trying to protect the integrity of the police department, right? Which is telling me that they know they know more than they were telling at the time, okay? Because at that point they're just trying to. I mean, they do what cops always do: look out for themselves. If it turns out that this is an internal dispute between those two, and she shot him over a lover's quarrel, the cops would be so happy because then it doesn't become another innocent black person shot by the police. It would just be some poor guy shot by his goofy-ass ex-girlfriend. And it would get right, the cops right. off the hook. Because Dallas PD is not a clean police department. You know? Mm-hmm. At all. So it's not like, oh, okay, this is uh, Hazard County, Georgia, where nothing ever happens, and this is a big scandal. You know, Dallas has its share of troubles with their police department. So they would really want this to be, you know, uh, a lover's quarrel so the cops can kind of uh, get out of, you know, get out from in front of it. Because, I mean, and it would be true, yes, she is a cop, but it wouldn't involve the police because she was off duty. Yeah. Right, right. Mm. And then, but, but then again, taking the cops out of the equation and just making it just between those two, it'll be more likely that he would get justice because you know how people feel about cops, you know, and they don't, even when the cops are on video doing wrong, even when they're on video planting evidence, people just, there are some people who just don't like convicting cops. Yep, yep. So take the cop out of the equation and it's more of a chance to get a conviction. And then we'll get our evidence a lot sooner. <laughs> And um, speaking of the video with the white guy who walked to the pregnant woman, I commend the black man that came to her defense because from what it seems like he was a stranger. Right. And every time my black women are in harm's way, a lot of black men sit back and watch. There was a video that came out um, probably like a month ago where there was um, some black women in a nail salon in New York. I think they were in like Brooklyn or Bronx somewhere. And the girl didn't like her eyebrows. And she had been going there for years, and she was like, I'm just not going to pay you for these eyebrows. And if it's a problem, I'll wait on, you know, somebody else to come out, like the owner or somebody. Well, the owner's wife was standing there supposedly sweeping the shop and ended up hitting her and the grandma first in, in this altercation. Then they poured acetone on the best friend. It was crazy. But there were other black women sitting around the edge of that room. I'm going to drop the video, but there was a, a bunch of other black women sitting around that room, and not one of them came to their defense. Yeah. So just so black people, black as, people a whole, as a whole, when I saw him do that, I was like, about time. But it's funny how in the video with the pregnant woman, the white man, he decided to play victim once oh, he yeah. got a gun. Yep, yep. And then he yelled out to somebody else, he's got a gun. And it sounded like another white man was like, well, it's legal. He has the right to have a gun. You can't walk with people and expect them not to have a gun. Right. So... The video was actually very commendable. I'm glad that black man came to the pregnant black woman's defense, and I'm glad the other black girl was recording. I just, you just get tired of white people's shit. Like, leave people alone. 
All the girls said, well, Mind this 50-year-old driver, he's learning, fall back. That was it. He gets out of his car and wants to play tough guy to a pregnant woman who is really defensive. It's kind of – and like I said, I don't want to be that guy who just and – and I, I know what you mean, Mercedes, so don't think I'm trying to paint you as somebody who just paints everybody with a broad brush. But when you start to see these news articles run back to back to back to back to back to back, you know, it's very easy to just kind of be like, you know, white people are crazy. You know what I mean? So it's not like I saw a video of uh, Trump supporters, you know, Trump supporters don't really get it because they don't realize that, hey, this guy on uh, Young Turks, they were interviewing him. He basically said that 50 that. 50% 50% of all murders in the U.S. are committed by black people. And, and then here's the thing. He said, well, you know, they're 13% of the country. If you divide that down, you get three. I don't know what you could divide 13 into to get three. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said they're only 3% of the country, but they commit 50% of all the murders. And he believed that in his, in his heart of hearts, that we're just going around and just being like, you know what? Our murder rate is down. We need to, we need to just kill five more people to meet our quota for the day. You know, so and the thing is, it's why I get mad at certain shows, because I don't think there's enough positive black people on TV to counteract, you know, all the other shows where they show us in a negative light. Like I remember, I you know, I see uh, Omar Epps. He's playing a doctor, I think. Wasn't he on House? I think he was on House. Yeah, he was on House. You know, yeah. But we but we all didn't start that. You know, they all they don't get to start that way. Like I remember, you know. Lawrence Fishburne is a top-shelf actor. And I remember when he played a, a fried chicken-eating, grape-soda-drinking drug dealer in King of New York with Christopher Walken, you know? Yeah. So we, we always have to go the long way yeah. to be able to play those roles. I'm pretty sure there you know, were a lot of people who thought that a black doctor and a black lawyer living in a nice house in New York was a fairy tale. Like, that could never yeah. happen. Right, right. You know? right. right. Yeah, so, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I remember a long time ago when that Martin Lawrence movie came out, Moscow Jenkins, I mean, like, the most blackest black, black name he could ever give his character. Right. I remember there was, like, kind of like an uproar because people were like, man, this is too niggerish. Like, it's going to be too niggerish. And um, at the time I was working at Tom Warner, and one of my coworkers went to go see the movie. White guy. He was probably in his 30s at the time. He was like, I don't know why people have a problem with this movie, but I think it was pretty good. And he was like, the family was so nice. And he goes on to say, like, you know, the brother was like the sheriff uh, who, I think the brother, what was the, the big dude's name who passed away? And he was in Green Mile. Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. He was like, yeah, he was, he was the sheriff. And, like, they were so successful. He was like, they just seemed like a nice family. And him saying that, I was like, this is exactly why representation matters because, yeah, like they could, Martin could have definitely gone in a direction that would have been hella stereotypical, but that's not the direction he went in. He actually represented the people well, even though the name probably, you know, grabbed attention that made it seem like it was going to be Negative. <laughs> <laughs> right. Representation definitely matters. Yeah, I I remember you know like uh, which is why I kind of why I hate uh, Tyler Perry 
in a whole Medea yeah, thing. Yeah. And right, I, right. I dated a young lady who liked who was a big Tyler Perry fan and you know, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta watch what she watches. But she had uh the stage shows on uh on like bootleg VHS, you know. No, I'm sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, not VHS. She, this is how far back I think DVDs are now. That's confusing that confusing with, with, with VHS. But she had the bootleg um stage shows. And the stage shows were actually kind of funny. Like, I, I did kind of, so it wasn't me just sitting there all salty the whole time. It, it was kind of enjoyable. I'll give them that. So, but between that and the whole Medea movies, ah, yeah, yeah. I, I just can't stand them. And it's funny because I don't, I've never seen, and this is just me in my own little microcosm, I've never seen a black person imitate Medea. But I see plenty of white people imitate Medea, and they love her, love Medea. Like, oh, she's hilarious. I, I know, I know, you know, I know what they mean. But, but I'm just like, and I'm this whole time like, she's not hilarious. She's bringing down the and whole race. <laughs> but, you know, it's comedy. You know, so I mean, you're, it's supposed to make people laugh. But for us, it's a little bit more because it, uh, unfortunately, it becomes our identity. You mean like a black black face? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with Tyler Perry, the reason I like his stage plays is because they always had a message and they always had so much talent. When he started doing movies, they were scripted and they were lame and they were, yeah, Medea became a black black face to me. And I don't like it. So I'm totally with you on that. Because I, I don't care how far down south I go. I don't know people who are... You know what's funny? I was uh, looking up stuff for my... I was going to talk about some more uh, horror movies before we ended up. And I had to look something up. Look, if you watch, like, Rob Zombie horror movies, he always has hillbillies in his horror movies. Like, really over-the-top hillbillies in his horror movies. And I figure, well, maybe he's just exaggerating where he comes from. This dude's from Massachusetts. So he's not a hillbilly, Right. So why does he have all these? Yeah, and I guess he figures that's just how they all are, or at least some of them are. But I, but I live in the South, you know. So while I'm not deep South like Tennessee or Mississippi, at the same time, it's like, all right, um, do I see black people that act like you know, uh, talk slang all the time and do? Sure, I do, you know. But that's not all of us, and that's not even most of us. You know, and maybe maybe right, it's because right. I grew up. Maybe it's because I grew up in the suburbs. I don't know. You know, but people just need to get out more. They need to, uh, as the song goes, they need to see the world beyond their front door. Right. Well, that's all I got. What you do? You have anything, Merce? I did. And, and Mercedes, did you have anything else before I go on? Um, I think that's it for me today. today. Okay. Um, I had one quick thing. Uh, President Obama's back. Did you guys see that? How so? He had he had an hour long speech and he actually called out Donald Trump by name in his criticism of Trump, which breaks quote unquote decorum because a sitting president is not supposed to get criticized by former presidents even though Jimmy Carter has been doing it for the last year and a half, you know. 
But that's what I always say this. I love old people just in general because when you get to be a certain age, you can really say whatever the fuck you want, and nobody's gonna check you. Yeah. I mean, Bush did it. Bush don't like Trump either. Yeah. He made it clear. Exactly. You know, and it's kind of it's kind of funny in a way because we hadn't heard from Obama in a while, right? Because Obama was just, you know, uh, as, uh, as Hassan Minaj put it, he's just jet skiing while the world burns, you know. Living but his best life. life. Living his best life, and he deserves that. After, after eight years of eating shit from Republicans, he deserves that. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, you know, he came out because, you know, it's the midterms. And I didn't get a chance to watch the whole speech. I'm going to watch it after this. I, have it, I already have it queued up. So I want to hear what he has to say. But Obama, as much as I love Obama, he's a centrist. And if you've watched, if you listen to politics, you know I'm not fond of centrist Democrats because I feel like they're holding us back big time and holding us back for money, right? But Obama said something that made my ears perk up, and he mentioned something that a lot of centrist Democrats aren't mentioning, and that is single-payer health care. Actually, he didn't say single-payer health care which is the same thing he said, Medicare for all, is a goal of the Democrats. And that's something that I know Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein are mad about because they've been ducking and dodging Medicare for all for the last two, three years. Mm. You know, Medicare, I mean, do you know what, what a panacea is? Mm-mm. A panacea, I, I, heard, I first heard about it in role-playing games, but it's actually an actual term. It means, uh, like, people will say, like, all right, well, this will cure everything. You know, it's like a mythical cure. Like, people will just get roots and berries and mash them together and call it a panacea and just say it'll it'll cure everything, right? So Medicare for all is not a panacea, but it is, like, our version of Robitussin. Like, it'll just cure a lot, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Not like, it's not like Chris right, Rock yeah. said, like, if you break your leg, you just pour Robitussin on it and let, let, let that tussin get to the bone. It's not like that. But you figure a lot of people in this country, the shadow that looms over their head is medical bills. And even with Obamacare, one of the main reasons that people go bankrupt is medical bills. So imagine a country where we didn't have to pay medical bills. So here's the thing. Yes, if we had Medicare for all, taxes will definitely go up. We cannot avoid that, right? But you don't have to. But if you go to a doctor, you don't have to pay a copay. You don't have to pay for your medications. Or you may have to. Or, or depending on the medication, you may have to pay a small copay. But I mean, if you're in the hospital and, you know. My dad sometimes could be a bit oblivious, and he was saying, you know how nobody had, when my mom was sick, cancer, how nobody had any money. And it was like, yeah, it's because chemotherapy is not cheap and it's not all covered by her insurance. So people, especially my sister, who was taking care of my mom at the time, you know, she was paying a lot of -of out-of-pocket expenses for medical bills, even though my mom was on Medicare, you know. So, and it's because... Medicare is not allowed to negotiate drug prices. 
So as far as the surgeries and all that other stuff, she was pretty much covered. But we're talking like the meds is what was costing. Right. You know, because Medicare was covering everything else. So we need this. This is not just about, oh, you know, I'd really like to have a, a, a Denali. Or I'd really like to have a Ford Explorer. No, this is we need this to live. And the fact that Obama finally said it, I'm, I'm hoping that people catch on. When I say people, I mean corporate Democrats. That they catch on and they realize if they push this, victory is guaranteed because this is something that Republicans, Democrats, maybe not libertarians, <laughs> but this is something that most people want. You figure the last poll that came out, uh, 51% of Republicans are in favor of Medicare for all, and over 80% of Democrats are in favor of Medicare for all. So even though it's only 51%, it's still positive. You know, this is something that people want. And the fact that Obama, who is a deep centrist, is saying it, that's big. Because if it finally catches on to people like Feinstein, Pelosi, and all them, um, then maybe we can finally make this thing happen. They don't realize that by shying away from Medicare for all is like a millstone around their necks. Because if you give the people what they need to survive, they will back you no matter what. Marion Barry got caught on video smoking crack <laughs> and got reelected. And I, I, when I lived in D.C., I could not, I couldn't say anything bad about Marion Barry because then people would just rattle off all the good that he did while he was in office. People remember that sort of thing. So, so do you think? So, we're in the politics segment. But who do you think is the mole in the White House? Who do you think leads that letter? You know, I, I've been looking into this a little bit more and reading uh, on Twitter, and something did come up that caught my ear, and I may have to actually agree. The timing of this White House mole letter is convenient because when you think about it um it came right at a time where they're trying to push possibly the most unpopular supreme court justice into uh into confirmation so basically he's the most uh what was it in kavanaugh is the most unpopular supreme court nominee pick and his confirmation hearings did not help him because he he tried to matrix out of every question and, and, and you figure they withheld, talk about the Republicans, they withheld 40,000, no, I'm sorry, I take that back, over 100,000 pages of documents concerning Brett Kavanaugh and his time with the Bush administration, and then they went ahead and dropped 40,000 pages on him the night before the confirmation. I don't care how much of a speed reader you are, you can't read 40,000 pages worth of documents in one night. So that's why there was so much contention at the beginning with Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. So somebody, a few people brought this up, and I think I'll have to agree that the timing is just suspicious because the person who wrote the op-ed is basically still praising Trump's agenda but just doesn't like Trump. So what that means is, is like we like what he's all about. We just don't like him, you know. And, you know, Bob Woodward's book, where the people talk about having to take papers off his desk because he's going to, you know, make do things that, that are going to hurt, not, not just the American people, but hurt 
donors because the donors like free trade because they get to sell their stuff unlimitedly, right? So if there's tariffs, they can't do that. And Trump is just putting arbitrary, it was described as arbitrary retaliatory tariffs. And that's hurting the 1%. You know? mm-hmm. So I, I, I may have to agree that the timing of this is suspicious, you know, because you ever notice where every time something bad happens that could hurt someone in power, another story will come out and people will just go for that, like, like a dog chasing the Frisbee. Uh, well, I've been keeping up with both. Um, just basically, my air conditioning broke last week, and I've been staying at my mother's house because her air conditioner works. So I'm just staying here, and she watches the world news every night. And um, I've, of course, watched with her. And uh, ABC World News covers both stories. Um, this confirmation hearing has definitely been interesting to follow, but, yeah, the letter makes it a lot more fallacious. Um, I don't – do you think Do you think uh, 45 is in on it, though? Do you think he has to – I don't think he's in on it because he doesn't have the ability to keep his mouth shut, which is why they won't let him testify in front of uh, – Robert Mueller, because he's, because he's almost certainly going to perjure himself. So that's why they, they're stalling them out. So I do think it's an inside plan, but I don't think that Trump's involved. Because if yeah, he was yeah. involved, we'd already know. I mean, how many times has he perjured himself just in regular – you figure the whole thing about knowing about the payment to Stormy Daniels. He is on tape saying that he didn't know about the payments, and then he's on tape saying that he did know about the payments. So Trump doesn't have the ability to keep his mouth shut. He's like, like, a, like a mobster with Alzheimer's. He's going to tell you where all the bodies are buried, even if he's the one that buried them, because he doesn't know what he's saying anymore. You know? So it's kind of, how do you put it? I do think it's an inside job, but I will have to say that Trump's not involved. Because if, Trump's, if Trump was involved, we'd already know. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. But I, I will say before we before we wrap it up, uh, I was watching my my horror movies for the week, and I will actually start up with it next week because a lot of the movies on my list this week are new that I haven't watched before. So I'll I'll just, I'll just give a quick rundown of them next week. But I will say this: I did see the trailer for the new Halloween movie, and it looks good. You know. John Carpenter is directing it, uh, and I think he and Deborah Hill, who wrote the original, are doing it. And it's basically, it's taking place directly after the first Halloween. So they're treating it like Halloween 2, and all the movies that came after it did not exist. Hmm. So it's going to take place 40 years after the original Halloween, where Jamie Lee Curtis is now this crazy survivalist, and she's just waiting for Michael Myers. Because in this one, they captured him, and he was back in the asylum but then he escapes. And she's yeah, been yeah. waiting for him to escape and come after her, you know. And it looked good, you know. The guy, who played, the guy who's playing Michael Myers is more like the original Michael Myers. And I will say this, out of all my Michael Myers, believe it or not, 
The second one, the guy who played it in, in Halloween 2 was actually my favorite. You know, although the one who played him in, in 6 was actually pretty good too. But the guy, his name was, uh, of all the names you could have, his name was Dick Warlock. And they said he was actually the shortest person to play Michael Myers. And at the end of Halloween 2, Halloween 2 was supposed to be the end of Michael Myers and Dr. Loomis because it was supposed to be an anthology series based around Halloween because there's no way that either of them could have survived that explosion. Right, right. Right. And the part where after the explosion, Michael Myers walks out engulfed in flames and falls down, uh, Dick Warlock's, I mean, he, he's a stuntman. A lot of these guys who play these movie monsters are stuntmen, so they right, often right. do their own stunts. And he burned up his arms really bad in that stunt. And it's not because the fire suit didn't hold. It's because the fire suit had zippers. <laughs> and the right. zippers got too hot and burned his arm. So after that, they didn't use uh, zippers on fire suits anymore. You know. But the Halloween movie, but it looks good. It, it, you know, it, it looks like something that I would probably enjoy. And the fact that Deborah Hill and John Carpenter are behind it, I think it's something that I'm going to, they're going, they're going back to their roots on this. So as far as horror movies are concerned, um, I have a couple of friends that I can depend on. And some of my friends just outright don't like anything scary. Right. Then I have a couple that I can depend on. We like to go to, like, haunted houses out here in, like, Greensboro or on the farms and stuff. Um, and then some of them like to watch movies. So the only one that's come out this year that actually looks scary, but I feel like it came, it's coming out too early. It's now in the movie theaters. Um, it just came out yesterday. It's been done. Ah. That is I watched that trailer. The trailer actually made me jump. I didn't roll my eyes at any time. There's a lot of scary movie trailers. I always have to, like, roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, this looks like it's going to be trash. But this one um, caught my attention. I will go see it. Um, I wish I could go see it with movie pass. But, um, right. <laughs> maybe wait for $5 Tuesday or something like that, and that will be that. Now, if I remember correctly, The Nun, that's a spinoff from, uh, was it The Conjuring? Yes, yes, it is. It is. Okay. Because the Annabelle spinoffs were just trash. I didn't like them. But The Nun, but the, the Nun, I think she was in uh, Conjuring 2, right? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I, I like the Conjuring movies. Those are pretty scary. Yeah. The Conjuring movie, and I, I got to find that clip for my, because, you know, I do my horror movie marathon, so I do clips from uh, horror movies. And sometimes I can't find the good clips. I, I may have to play the trailer. But the one part that got me in The Conjuring was the when um, I always forget her name. I can see her face in my mind all the time. I always forget her name. Lily, the one who played the mother in The Conjuring. When she's in the basement and she's trying to get out and then um, she hears a voice that plays something like, you want to play the clapping game? And the hands just appear from behind her and just you know, and then the lights go out, and I was just like, I, I think Conjuring and Insidious kind of went back to scares over gore. And, and I think that works a lot better with an audience than watching somebody get disemboweled. Although, if you do it in a fun way, like in the Hatchet movies, it works great. <laughs> you know, Hatchet is like, it's super overly gory. 
they're they're horror comedies, you know. Yeah, yeah like horror overly gory. Yeah, the idea is to yeah, then then you won't like then you won't like the hatchet movies if you don't like super overly gory, like stuff like Hatchet or Hobo with a Shotgun. <laughs> yes, that is the name of an actual movie. Yeah. You know. yeah. But um, it's the nun. I mean, she was really the nun was really scary in that movie. So if they're may, you know doing a standalone, I, I'll probably have to watch a trailer today. But I'd heard that it was coming out, but I didn't realize it was coming. I didn't realize it was out now. I thought it was coming out later on, like like next month or something like that. Right, right. right. Like it came out too early. It's out now. It came out yesterday. But but I but then again, I guess they didn't want to compete with Halloween because Halloween is coming out next month. So I guess maybe they just didn't want to compete. Yes. And, and I will say one thing on my list, real quick before we wrap it up for the day, uh, on the movies that I did watch. Uh, I watched uh, The Hills Have Eyes, the original, finally. I didn't like it. I really didn't. Matter of fact, the, the, the family in The Hills Have Eyes were a bunch of idiots. The dog was the smartest person in the family, and I think the dog took out the most people. So it's – I would never watch it again. And then there was a movie called The Tripper. Uh, David Arquette's movie company did it, basically about a bunch of drug-taking, drug-taking hippies who get – chased around by a killer dressed as Ronald Reagan. And um, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I saw it a few years ago, but upon the second watching, I'll probably never watch it again. And then um, yesterday I was supposed to watch uh, Jacob's Ladder, and for some reason I just couldn't get into it. I just couldn't, like, even begin to – so I just watched Evil Dead instead. You know. But next week I'll go over what I saw – uh, you know, for this upcoming week, and then um, we'll see what's up for there. But uh, for now, Odie, did you have anything else? No. Okay. And uh, if that's if that's the case, then that concludes another episode of 360 Degrees. You can catch us wherever you can get podcasts, except for iHeartRadio and Spotify for some reason. So. All right. You guys have the great a great rest of your weekend. You too. Bye guys. Yeah. Yeah. Three sixty. Yeah. I'm like round and round and round we go. And where we stop, I'm like nobody knows. Three sixty degrees. Three sixty degrees. We give you what you want, we give you what you need 360 degrees, 360 degrees We tell the real truth, you know what I mean?
and that's it.